0: Dress, the History of Fashion, is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dress,
1: the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan.
0: Welcome dress listeners to yet another round of Fashion History Mystery, where we answer your questions. And today's query comes to us all the way from the land down under. Listener Rebecca Beaumont wrote to us very recently and she said, hi from Australia. You both have spoken a lot about hemlines and the birth of the miniskirt, but I would like to know about how and when shorts became a women's wear staple. From Bermuda shorts to Daisy Dukes, they are a mainstay of my summer wardrobe. Ah, yes. And this is
1: such an excellent question, Rebecca. And pinpointing the exact moment shorts began to appear in women's closets or dresser drawers was one that really required Apriline to put on our fabulous dress detective hats and dive into our databases of historic magazines.
0: Yeah. And Cass, I think both of us had some sort of like very general awareness that by the middle of the 1930s, we see very avant-garde fashionable women wearing shorts, but usually only in the context of vacation or resort wear. So I wanted to investigate when we first see this term shorts being used by the fashion press and one fun thing I learned is that shorts is also a textile weaving term so sometimes we see it appear in um, fashion magazines long before we see it used in the way that we mean here um, referring to short pants or short
1: trousers, and any of our listeners who listened to our episode on the history of the sailor suit from a while back will recall that young boys during the 19th century donned ensembles which featured shortened trousers, but using this term shorts for these children's wear garments was still so novel that an article entitled Summer Togs for Happy Boys, which appeared in Harper's Bazaar in 1923, it used quotation marks around the term shorts.
0: Yeah, and you see this again and again when it's used during the 1920s. And so while the garment itself had been the staple of young boys' wardrobes for decades, it's not until around this time in the 20s that we start to see women embracing shorts. And the earliest reference I could find dates back to 1922 when Women's Wear Daily wrote, quote, English women may adopt male attire for sports. During the Wimbledon Lawn Tennis Championship, some comment has been made that the dress worn by the players is hardly suitable to such active game and that trousers should be worn instead of skirts. It is pointed out that other sports in which women take an active part, they have many instances copied the male attire or followed it closely. Rowing girls wear shorts, abbreviated knickers are worn by runners and hurdlers, cyclists wear breeches and stockings, while javelin throwers favor abbreviated shorts. End quote. <laughs> so, so
1: it seems shorts. I
0: just love it. I love how these are
1: all like "quote unquote" men attire, male attire in the nineteen twenties, and women mm-hmm. are obviously like just taking it and running with it during this period, quite literally. <laughs> Sometimes, actually. quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So it seems shorts were first borrowed from the sportswear men were wearing for certain physical activities. So even during the 1920s, the appearance of a man in shorts even, outside of very specific sporting situations, was even that was even considered rather shocking. So it's kind of a very new thing outside of, of sports. So take, for instance, the blurb that there's this blurb that ran in January of 1925 in Women's Wear Daily. And it highlighted that the department store Macy's had a life-size photo of a Broadway star. His name was Arthur Ayesworth. And he's wearing golf shorts. And this is up in their window, right? And the, the, the quote is, executives of the men's clothing department of Macy's induced Mr. Ayersworth to pose for the picture for them after he had startled the stage world by appearing in one of the acts of his play wearing shorts. It's understood that Mr. Ayersworth <laughs> was the first actor to use shorts on the stage. Wow. That's quite the statement. Yeah. is it true (laughs) yeah i know well and that just got me thinking april because actually there's this um i don't know if a lot of our listeners know but the wizard of oz originated as a stage play at the dawn of the 20th century and this actress anna laughlin actually originated the role of dorothy in this musical stage version and there's all these fabulous images of her and the lion um, and she's wearing these really short shorts For in 1905, which is incredibly early. But when um, you start to think about it again, stage actresses, performers were exempt from a lot of those same societal dress codes because the stage was almost like this safe place for this sort of fantasy expression, experimentation. But I have to say, I mean, these are like well above her thigh, like up in, in her thigh. So I still feel like for that period, it would have been scandalous, but maybe not because she was playing a young girl. I'm not quite sure.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and it may have been acceptable for an actress in a fantasy role to wear shorts on stage. I mean, she did have a stockings on underneath them, but not so much in the real world, because despite the rising hemlines of the 1920s, there was quite the scandal that was caused by a woman golfer in 1925 when she appeared on a golf course in Upper Manhattan wearing shorts, quote— A sensation was caused on the Vancourt Park golf links on a cold day recently by the appearance of a young woman attired in a pair of very short golf shorts. This garment, which style decrees will be the thing for golf next year for men, was made of woolen fabric. Owing to the temperature not many degrees above freezing point, both male and female golfers regarded the wearer of this innovation with astonishment. Needless to say, it was the only pair on the course. <laughs> Gosh,
1: I want to know more about this woman, this trailblazing, know, bold woman they never, out there. They,
0: they never gave her name in, in a couple of the sources that I read that talked about this.
1: So interesting. And
0: it seems so banal to us now, but it was so
1: incredibly shocking at this time that a woman wearing golf shorts actually made fashion news. It was in the pages of Women's World Daily. And more than once that year, other articles from 1925 comment on how both men and women at Swiss resorts had adopted the traditional short Tyrolean, quote unquote, baby trousers of the region. So many of the women golfers who had paired their Swiss shorts with knee-high stockings, and of course this bared their knees, they were actually critiqued by men who chastised them for potentially exposing their knees to a painful sunburn. Because apparently men, April, did not face this same problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so good. <laughs> so
1: shocking, uh, we are again facing the anxiety society has of women appropriating menswear. I mean, how many times have we talked about this on the show? I mean it's been two years two over two years. So like maybe 30, 40, I mean, a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's come up qu- quite a bit. And just to underscore this, you know, societal anxiety, you can't get much more explicit than this article that was published in Vogue in 1926, which was authored by George S. Chapel, And he writes, quote, may a mere male voice protest against certain tendencies increasingly evidenced by our ladies of today, I refer to put it briefly, to the wholesale way they are appropriating our mon, our habits and our mental processes and our very physical forms. Frankly then, and speaking for a large number of my co-genders, we are beginning to feel suppressed. We sense the looming of sex extinction.
1: I love the term co-genders too. Like what is that? I mean, I guess I don't love the term. That's a very interesting term, (laughs) co-genders. Is he referring to his fellow males, I'm assuming? (laughs) Yes, I do believe I mean, no, yeah, no more sex distinction. What a um, shocking concept for the 1920s. And Chappell actually goes on to say, quote, let me be more explicit and refer to some of the ways in which women are gradually ousting men from their natural eminence and overlordship. In the first place, in the material item of clothing, they're undoubtedly stealing our stuff. And then he takes issue with women wearing trousers for any sort of sporting activity outside of riding horses. He derides the representation of women in the English House of Commons. And then he's discouraging women from aspiring to any profession outside of secretarial work.
0: And you probably guessed it, friends. The matter of women wearing shorts is also not spared. He writes, quote, honestly... What more pathetically unlovely sight can there be that which my eyes have seen near an Adirondack camp, where an overplump young woman in underplump shorts wheeled a baby carriage, masculine motherhood, motherly manhood? Ugh! It was horrible. Yes, but only a sample of what has now become a frequent occurrence. And and Cass, this article. I'm going to send it to you because it, it it it's it just has all of this kind of like Stuff in it. There's a lot more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot to unpack there. Um, And he's actually far from done because there's this whole section condemning smart young women who have now turned to doing bits of their shopping in men's specialty stores. So, particularly for sweaters and shorts, which was apparently a whole thing in the mid to late 1920s. Um, Article after article notes, quote, men's shorts are selling in large numbers to girls. And, you know, men's shop notes, girls now buy men's athletic trunks. So, the favored materials um, that these shop, these women shoppers um, were looking for included plaids, pastels, and printed novelty patterns.
0: And something that I noted, especially about these articles about women buying shorts in menswear shops, um, and sometime around 1927, a lot of them reporting from the West Coast. So. Several of these articles were talking about shops in Los Angeles, particularly. And I mentioned this because if you think about it, and and you might have put this two and two together, listeners, women were buying them to wear as swimwear. They were basically pairing them with these separate long tank tops that kind of made up the fashionable swimwear ensembles of the late 20s and the early 30s. Um, And of course, uh, fashion designers also capitalized on this new trend. Uh, you know, haute couturiers like Jean Patou now created beach and swimwear ensembles which featured shorts. And um, in Vogue from in 1927, uh, one of his designs is photographed. It's really beautiful pair of kind of wide-legged um, black crepe de chine shorts. They're, they're fairly short. They hit about nine inches, eight or nine inches above the knee. And they're paired with just a simple sleeveless white t-shirt that has a a band of black trim at the neck, and and the model that's wearing them, she has on plaid sandals. And if you've removed her swimwear, her bathing cap, what she has on is 100% an ensemble that a woman might wear today if it was hot outside and she needed to <laughs> run errands. 100%, it's like just a, pa- a pair of t-shirt and shorts, and, and it looks entirely contemporary. Yeah,
1: and I just actually want to remind our listeners too that we've done a two-part episode on the history of the swimsuit. Um, Lots of stuff to unpack there over the years, starting in the, I think we started in the early 19th century into the present day. So definitely check that out. And what you said too about it being... um, without the swim cap being something incredibly fashionable. I think that we've mentioned this before more than once on the show, how if you really look at the big picture, you can see how styles and silhouettes that were once considered informal, how over time they really tend to become accepted as proper day wear. So over the course of a century, what was then considered this rather bold and revealing beachwear look, it's now something like you said, we might pop over to the grocery store. And so it's really
0: interesting to see those transitions over the years. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and in the case of women wearing shorts, it was more or less normalized by the 1930s, being part and parcel of resort wear. For instance, uh, the January 1935 issue of Vogue declared, "Quote: Shorts are, of course, an essential." if you want to be very smart, end quote. And of course they were talking about when you're packing for vacation in a warm climate. and And we see article after article that promotes and features shorts prominently as the go-to look when you're traveling to places like Palm Beach or the Hamptons. And women weren't only wearing them at the beach, but also around town. So like for instance, one socialite was photographed in visiting Palm Springs in California, and then her photo made it to the pages of WWD, where they were commenting on her matching set of a corduroy shirt and shorts during that same 1935 resort season. So we're looking at corduroy now here, Cass. You know, we're m- moving out of this realm of sport and into fashion proper
1: Right. And this is really something that continues to develop all throughout the 40s, the 50s, and of course, the 1960s, this wearing of shorts for fashionable leisure pursuits. However, even in the 1960s, wearing culottes may raise an eyebrow or two if worn in the city. Um, American fashion designer Norman Norell actually caused quite the stir in the mid-60s when he designed a women's suit, which paired this really nice tailored jacket with knee length culottes, which were worn with tights. And some people in the mid 60s still had a difficult time accepting shorts worn outside of beach locales, outside of resorts. However, as we've mentioned so many times on the show, the fashion revolution of the 1960s really threw out many of those old school rules of fashion and women wearing shorts for a wider variety of occasions became much, much more commonplace.
0: But not at my house, Cass. I have to fess up. (laughs) I do not own one single pair of shorts. Uh, Not even for working out. Uh, I'm not saying I've never owned shorts. I definitely have. I wore them a lot when I was in my teens. But I just don't think they suit me now. I don't have anything against them per se. But they, they just, I don't, like if I'm in a store, I don't like gravitate to go look at shorts. Right. I feel like they come in and out of fashion too, like
1: just like anything. Um, And the length comes in and out of fashion, like changing like what the fashionable style is. I know kind of capris we're back in, which is like a long, longer short, not necessarily a short. And the shorter you get Bermuda shorts, et cetera. Um, But yeah, I'm not a short fan either. I prefer skirts in the summer. However, I do own, April, a 1930s pair of these, like, black um, ready-to-wear shorts that one of my great-great-aunts had um, from the 1930s. Oh, yeah, and I've always hoped one day that I'll fit into them. Um, but as of right now, I just keep them as one of those, you know, special treasures, so.
0: yeah oh, I love that. So, Rebecca, I hope this answered your question as to how and when women first began adopting the garment known as shorts. I think that does it this week, dress listeners, for us. May you consider the legacy of the quote-unquote baby trousers, which may (laughs) or may not reside in your wardrobe next time you get dressed. Please tune in on Tuesday for our full length episode. And if you would like to write to us with your own fashion history mystery question, please email us at dressed at iheartmedia.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast, which is where we also post images to accompany each week's show. Thank you as always to
1: our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry and everyone else who makes the show possible each week. We will catch you on Tuesday.